Good morning. I'm speaking with Professor Craig Hedberg from the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota. Now, uh, Professor Hedberg, I spoke with you a couple of weeks ago. I was still doing the morning show at the station. Now I'm doing it at my house. And now we're under a stay-at-home order. So uh, first of all, good morning, and thank you so much for uh, being with me today. Uh, So talk to me a little bit about the stay-at-home order, if you would. Right. So, you know, basically the, the stay-at-home order is an attempt to uh, enhance the effectiveness uh, of the social distancing. Uh, with, this, with this particular virus, uh, one of the things that's become clear is that uh, people will uh, begin to shed the virus before symptoms develop, and, and a number of people maybe a quarter to as much as half in some studies that's been estimated, uh, may shed the virus without having any symptoms. So making recommendations to stay home when you're ill really aren't adequate for uh, preventing community-wide transmission once the, the virus gets into the community, which, which it clearly has. So what we're really trying to accomplish here is <clears throat> to interrupt the, the transmission of the virus in the community by reducing the number of interactions between people. Uh, and at its extreme level, you know, that means stay home as much as possible. And just the fact that uh, there could potentially be such a high number of people who have it and have no symptoms, I mean, that that's so significant, right? Because it, it doesn't, it's not about you, the individual, then. It's about the fact that you could be spreading this whether you feel sick or not. So just stay home, right? That, that, that's correct. Uh, just stay home because... Uh, you know, there, there's been enough transmission in the vi- uh, of this virus in the community that uh, you know that that a number of people uh, could be infected. And, and as you say, we it, we can't really tell right now uh, for any given individual whether they're likely to be infected or not. Uh, and so the best policy is really just to stay home and. Uh, and it looks like, um, you know, based on some studies that have been done, uh, you know, around the U.S. Uh, and elsewhere, that this is having an effect in, in reducing transmission. So we, you know, we, we think we see signs that it's, it's starting to work. Uh, but, you know, again, this is uh, something that uh, we're in for the long haul. And so people need to be patient and and, and continue to follow those uh, guidelines. Mm-hmm. And uh, you and I were talking uh, briefly before this, and, and you were saying how, how many scientists will be doing studies on this, and, and we will learn more, of course. Oh, absolutely. This is a, uh, you know, this is a, a very large uh, event, obviously, and, and a terrible event. Uh, but we have a, there are a lot of resources uh, around Minnesota, around the United States, and around the world uh, of people who are are looking at different dimensions of this uh, this outbreak and studying the virus, studying how the virus is transmitted uh, in the populations. And I think at when we come out of this, our understanding of, of this particular virus and, and how to respond to other events that we may see in future years like this will be greatly enhanced. 
st- uh, the University of Minnesota and uh, Mayo Clinic announced a day or two ago that they were working on a test to determine if someone has antibodies in their system. So can you explain what that means and also explain how that test would give us different information than sure. the actual coronavirus test? Sure. Right. So, so up to uh, up to this point, all of the testing that has been done has been to actually uh, identify the presence of the virus uh, in respiratory secretions from the infected individuals. Um, so, you know, that's obviously a, the the best way to identify who is infected uh, at the current time, but. Um, but you know our testing has been in limited uh, supply, and and a lot of people with mild symptoms or or no symptoms at all really haven't been uh, tested. So we don't have a clear understanding of the the full magnitude of virus transmission in our community. What the antibody test does is it looks for uh, markers uh, of an immune response to the infection. So after you become infected with the virus, as your body fights off that infection, uh, you produce antibodies that will persist. Uh, and these can be detected through uh, a blood test, uh, and, and they may persist for months uh, or years uh, down the road. So, so a- as these tests become available, they will give us a much better indication of of just how many people have been infected uh, and a much better indication of how many people might have been infected who had no symptoms at all. Uh, and, and this will help us understand the, how the outbreak spread much better. Uh, and it may actually have some usefulness in uh, helping us to evaluate going forward who is at risk uh, for reinfection uh, or infection with this virus who might not have been exposed during the first waves of the virus transmission. So if someone gets an antibody test and they they have when they're when all of that is available, I'm not meaning to imply that we can all go get one right now because we can't. But uh, when that test becomes established, if someone learns they've had antibodies, then they, at the very least, will be temporarily immune, but we don't know how long that immunity would last, right? That, that's that's true. Uh, we would expect that um, that you know people who have high levels of antibody uh, circulating will will probably be uh, immune from infection, uh, and we've seen that you know with a number of other uh, infectious disease processes. It's not an absolute. Uh, uh, guarantee, and it's something that obviously will require additional studies so that we, you know, have a have a much better uh, handle on what the relationship between, you know, clearing the virus out of the system and developing the immune response and, and the persistence of that immune response. Um, but but that's um, you know w- we frequently will try to look at uh, antibody levels in other disease systems as markers for immunity, uh, and and those have been, you know, fairly reliable in a number of settings and hopefully will be in this as well. Can you talk to me about the effectiveness of wearing a mask if I go to the store, which I haven't been going anywhere, but if I do go out, uh, how effective is that for me? 
Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, we've had a shortage of uh, the N95 masks that are really designed to filter out virus particles, and and those are are, are critically important for healthcare workers who uh, may be exposed to patients who are infected uh, with this virus. Uh, and, you know, we really want to reserve uh, those, those high-efficiency masks for use in, in the healthcare setting. Uh, it, it, there are a number of uh, people in the community who've been wearing other types of surgical masks and things, uh, which on an individual basis really uh, don't have a lot of benefit in terms of protecting you from uh, exposure to the virus. They're, they're, they're not designed well, and, and most of them aren't really uh, sort of fit uh, in, in a way that would prevent you from breathing the virus in if you were exposed to it. However, uh, those masks may be uh, effective at um, catching the droplets uh, that you are expelling when you're talking or coughing. And, and so there's starting to be a discussion uh, about recommending that uh, everybody wear masks when they're out in public. Uh, and this, uh, this could be uh, a way of enhancing our social distancing uh, because the effect would be that if everybody wear this mask, then those people who are infected but asymptomatic uh, may be shedding less virus because those droplets are being captured by the mask that they're wearing. So, uh, so it it changes the dynamics of of why a mask is important. Not so much from the standpoint of protecting me as an individual, but preventing me as an individual from spreading virus out uh, into the community. Sure, sure. Um, Craig, uh, I guess there's so much that we don't know. And I know that one of the scary things for me and people that I care about is all the uncertainty. So, I mean, what do you say to your friends and family just because you have this lifetime of knowledge and experience with infectious disease. And I'm just curious what you're telling the people that are close to you about, you know, what what we can control, sure. what to worry about, what not to worry about. Well, obviously, uh, you know, every, anytime uh, there are unknowns, uh, you know, there there's a lot to uh, potentially be concerned about. Uh, and, and people... Uh, you know, if you if you don't feel like you have control over your own exposures, you know, then that's a, a, a cause uh, for additional worry as well. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we can do what we can. Um, you know, if if you're ill, you can and stay home to make sure you don't expose other people. Uh, obviously, right now, we want everybody staying at home to limit the, the potential for virus transmission uh, in the community. And, and so adhering to those uh, those recommendations is, is really important because it will reduce the overall level of the virus that is spread in the community. Um, you know, people, uh, people need to 
you know, wash their hands uh, properly to, uh, you know, to limit the amount of uh, contact between the environmental surfaces that we interact with and, and, and our respiratory system, and to reduce the possibility, again, uh, of that being a secondary transmission way between people. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I think we, we all need to be patient uh, and try to listen to the, uh, the public health officials who are working very hard uh, and our government officials who are really uh, trying to implement uh, difficult policies, but ones that ultimately are uh, going to be what get us out of this uh, pandemic uh, in, in the shortest uh, amount of time. Uh, but it's going to be something that we're going to be living with for a while. So we need to just uh, all try to be patient and look out for each other. Well, and that's the thing, too. We say a while and we really aren't sure how long, are we? We just know it's going to be several weeks. Right. At, at, at least, you know, I at think. At least, yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, the the if if the social distancing uh, is effective, uh, you know, and we can reduce uh, some of the transmission of the virus, and uh, and it gives our healthcare systems uh, opportunities to to uh, ramp up their ability to care for uh, very ill patients. And you know, then that's our our best uh, opportunity to get through this. Uh, you know, before we see the eventual availability of a, a vaccine and, and potentially uh, other uh, treatments to reduce the uh, infectiousness of the virus. Professor Craig Hedberg from the School of Public Health at the University of Minnesota, I'm so grateful for your time today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you.